Hi friends, welcome to another episode of the Musician's Guide podcast. My name is Karen. And I'm Jen. And we are excited for our episode today. Um, it's going to be the part three to our branding and marketing series, uh, where we give you some more tools and just how to's and implementation um, for everything we've been talking about. But before we get into it, how are you, Jen? I'm good. good. How is November feeling? We were in the trenches in October. We where were. are we in November? We are still in the trenches <laughs> with no sign of life. No, I'm kidding. It's good. We, yeah, I feel like the weather's changing. All of a sudden this year, for some reason, I have just become the elf and I want Christmas decorations everywhere. There's like all over TikTok, these Target sheets that you can get and they're like flannel sheets. And I know you're like a snob about sheets and being like a Wait, specific. Wait, but are they like soft or are they just They warm? are, but it's the okay. type of soft where it's like if you wash them like twice, they will no longer be soft. So like oh. they're like 25 bucks. So you have to okay. like, you get what so you- just gotta be gross. <laughs> for sure. Um, <laughs> But yeah, and they like look all cute and they're like Christmas sheets Aww. and I like would just want to decorate the apartment and like have it be all cutesy. But I'm also like in this economy for what it's going to be literally yeah. a month. So I'm just like, I don't know. It's the the give and take. But I'm really excited for the holidays. What about yeah. you? No, I think you should totally decorate. Yeah. You went all out for Halloween. So thank you for sharing. <laughs> yeah. Bring that energy into December. I feel like, I don't know. I'm like a have your decorations year round. I was going to say not really, but like now for christmas so yeah. that you can actually enjoy them and i know we're going home for the holidays so yep for sure home miami home um how am i i am unwell um but i'm trying to figure out how to navigate this new stage of postpartum life um apparently this is new to me the four to six month postpartum era is like way worse than stuff before um so it just seems to keep getting worse. It really does. <laughs> but I was reassured yesterday that after like seven months postpartum, like things like get better. Um, because right now I'm in the trenches with like my hair falling out and just feeling gross. And it has nothing to do with size or shape. I mean, here we are. <laughs> but it's more of just like, ugh. And I was thinking, I was talking to Nick this morning. Like I, I'm finding myself in this in between of like, would I feel so gross if I didn't have to have a video with my podcast or need a whole rebrand myself or have to get in front of the camera. And I mean, I think part of me, yes, but another part of me is like, I'm actually, maybe this is like masochistic, but like excited to document this journey mm -hmm. and to just like, my photos are like legitimately authentic. Like everything we're preaching here. And that was like my saving grace this morning is like, is, is what I actually do. Yeah. So like, I am the heaviest I've ever been. I am arguably the most unattractive I've ever felt. And yeah, I'm going to do a branded photo shoot because my website needs an update and my headshots and stuff no longer look that way. Like my body's different. My hair's different. So like all the things I say, they're gonna last five to seven years. I mean, yeah, they will, unless you have like, you know, a baby or something happens. Yeah. So like, I feel it's just this duality of like, I'm super excited, but I'm also like, what is happening? Mm -hmm. And there's just this back and forth. Um, but yeah, I, I feel good. Um, on a funnier note. Um, so apparently with babies, you just, they learn everything, like everything a normal human does, which like duh, but like, there's a lot of things we take for granted. Um, one of them is gas. Um, so babies like butt and stomach don't like align until about five months. So now like Theo is intentionally farting and he's such a boy about it. He just like <laughs> stops everything and like farts and then laughs. And it's like, awesome. That's so Here cute. we are. <laughs> so yeah, 
my gassy voice. That's very sweet. <laughs> Until like it blows out on something, but like that's very oh, cute. Oh, we already had a blowout this morning, but it was fine. He was super chill about it. I think cool. like Nick and I are the crazy ones. I really like that we have a little Gemini chill baby. Yeah. Um, Because he's just like, yeah, there's shit everywhere, mom. Chill. And I'm like, okay, here we are. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love that so much. Um, but anyway, back to you and branding and marketing. Yes. Okay. So getting into branding and marketing in the past episodes, we talked about... In the first episode, let me backtrack. In the first episode, we talked about branding specifically. So all the things that you need in order to have a brand and kind of if you want to give an overview of what a brand is, I feel like that would be really helpful. Sure. Um, so brand is who you are and marketing is how you share those things. The, we're disrupting the notion that you have to reinvent yourself, that you have to you know change anything about you. We're just as you are with the things that you choose to share, of course, with boundaries, we then decide how we're going to market them. Mm -hmm. So the first one we did was branding the first episode. The next episode was marketing. So the way that you want to share those things about yourself as you show up, you know, authentically, the different platforms that you could use, the different ways that you can best market yourself depending on where you are in your career. And then in this one, it's more of a fun, quote unquote, must haves for each individual person or each individual stage in your career, better said. So for example, if you're part of a nonprofit, kind of what are the must-haves of branding and marketing? So combining both of them. If you're an emerging artist, combining mm-hmm. both. If you're an a, educator, an educator. If you're an artist, an artist. chamber group. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm very excited to just kind of like give a little bit more clarity and all of this thanks to you. I have all these like I have. We joke about this mythical book that I have and like all these like ideas and like yeah, they're roaming around. And Jen's like, this is excellent with like her little teacher energy of like sandwich compliment. But then she's like, can you give me an example? And I'm like, no. And then it's like back to the drawing board. So we have examples today, which I'm very excited about because um, I think that this implementation is where everybody gets stuck, like mm-hmm. myself included. As we're going through the the marketing stuff we're doing internally, it's like, ah, how do you explain that or how do you? share that in a way that doesn't feel inauthentic. And then Mm -hmm. I also feel like some of these tools and we can chat more about this, like there's also room for like the mental health piece of it and like the, how are you actually feeling about your stuff? And cause I can very much relate to being in a season where there's like not enough coaching to get me to show my face on Instagram or where it feels good. But there, there is also a balance between like, I'm a little bit outside of my comfort zone, but there, there's also a good return on investment. And I think yeah. like figuring out how can we gauge this as individuals so that no matter what's happening, we can still stay as consistent as possible. Yeah. No, 1000%. I love that a lot. Um, super random side note. Have you ever watched the polar express? No. Okay, so I like very recently. I read started, books. <laughs> I love that for you. <laughs> I very kidding. recently started watching the very beginning of the Polar Express, and that girl that sits on the train like a shrimp. I feel like her right now, and I feel like my posture is constantly just like sitting like a shrimp. So I'm like really trying to like roll my shoulders back, and I'm like, God, my back hurts <laughs> from sitting up straight. Anyways, um, coming back into it. So as we set the scene and as we do this, can we start first with artists? So what do you feel like are the must-haves for artists? Yeah. So I think like because we're all so excited and like I'll speak for myself, like we just have all these different things going on and it's just like magical, mythical a lot of the time. Um, Clarity on what it is that you're actually doing. Mm -hmm. What are these projects you're super excited about? What is your job job? What are the things that you're doing to move these projects along? Like just as much clarity as possible on 
how we can actually connect with you. And I think that looks different for different people, but that could be, you know, some, some reels, some videos. I'm a huge fan of email marketing. Thanks to you. Mm -hmm. And we're bringing that into our clients orbit. And it's just such a much better way to connect with that audience that is already there that is receiving value. So I think like getting comfortable with finding other ways to just be clear about what you're doing on your Instagram grid. And I think like the pitfall and maybe like the, the emotional piece that we're missing is you're not repeating yourself too much. Like mm-hmm. I promise, like I promise that we don't actually know everything you're talking about all of the time. And we want to, because that's also that the piece of context where it's like, okay, how can I support you? How can I know when your gig is, even if your gig's in Spain, even if your gig's in the moon, like tell me about it and tell me about it many, many times so that I can share about it and I can think of you and I can, you know, all of those things that happen with the psychology of social media. Yeah. Agreed. There was one post, um, by, I think it was Ben McElwain that he posted on a store and he said today at 10 30. And I was like, I have no idea what he's talking about. But then I immediately went to his page and it was like the concert. And he had a joint post, a collaborative post with USM. And he was like, today at 1030, we're doing blah, And he gave more explanation as to what exactly yeah. that performance was about. And I was like, chef's kiss. <laughs> you like did the perfect thing of just like, I don't necessarily know what you're talking about. But as soon as I go to your profile, I have so much context mm-hmm. where I'm just like, yeah. Yes. Okay, and perfect. this was amazing. Lo- ben McElwain, we love you. Um, <laughs> he also was talking to the camera yeah and he was like there was like a little like b-roll energy going on and we were like hyping up this concert where he's gonna solo um with an ensemble and it was just like man that is so cool and then Mm -hmm. it took me down this rabbit hole because i'm a nerd of like oh my gosh what is the repertoire and and what's happening and like is this a new piece and like what's going on and that's so cool and he looks amazing he's on this you know health journey that's so awesome to see and like just so many different things that were like far beyond trombone and that then made me think of like ooh, cool like look at what the professor at USM is doing and yep. look at like what the studio is doing and look at the student involvement and like did he record that did somebody help him like ooh, what does that look like and it was just like yeah. this whole thing where like I'm thinking about him for like 30 minutes <laughs> randomly and I, I just feel like that is the energy that we're going for yep I, I love that so much as an example of like just artists and really capturing that mar- branding and marketing aspect of it to mm-hmm. just like give your audience not just that one piece of information that you want them to see and the redirection that you want them to go, but just like the context of what's needed to mm-hmm. appreciate what you're doing. Yeah. And I think that those little cliffhangers are great on stories, not so great on the feed. No. So like if we want to like channel a little like Taylor Swift energy, like do it on your story, but then make sure that the story redirects to the post where there's like the full context of it. Yes. Agreed. Um, so what are other ways that artists can do this? If you have any other context for like must haves of like branding and marketing to be able to showcase what they're actually doing in their career. So before we move on, let's just, we're assuming here that y'all have great photography, a solid website and are feeling as comfortable as you can with social media. With that, I would say making sure that on the website, we have clarity on these projects. So in my opinion, and I guess in our collective expertise, I'm sorry to interrupt you. There is a like Bravo Real Housewives things where it's like, it's my opinion. And I feel like that's you all the time when it comes to all of this stuff. Continue that. What were you saying? In my opinion, um, I I feel like website homepages are very much like a skimming of all the things you want us to see. And it's kind of like a choose your own adventure type of energy where 
like whatever your latest album is or project or whatever, like put that on the homepage where you teach or where you work or what you want us to go follow, put that on the homepage, like your socials on the homepage, like anything that's going to pique and gauge our interest and clarify your message like that needs to live on the homepage. So I think like that extra level of detail either on the homepage or in a tab on your website where it's super obvious. Maybe it's a pop-up that we just have like, here's the latest thing, like especially mm-hmm. now with the holidays, any musician that's going to sell merch or, you know, launch an album, that kind of energy, like pop-up season is here. Yes. Yeah. I think that should be the landing page that essentially redirects you everywhere else to wherever it is that you need to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, 1000%. I also like, um, sometimes when artists are experimenting into doing something else or wanting to go into a different realm, I feel like, and what's your opinion on this? I feel like they, if they don't have enough information for it, they choose not to share it. So let's say I want to go more into the education route and I'm going to have a studio, but because I don't have a studio yet formed, I shouldn't put it on my website. What is your opinion on, or on my socials or on anything like that? I just want people to magically find me and know that I give classes. What are ways that I can bring forth that educator in me that I want to become or that I am becoming or that I'm qualified to do? For sure. And I think that's also super common when someone's like a new professor at a program or when this is your first time building a private studio or whatever. I think that it starts with you. So if you're comfortable, videos talking about things I think are really helpful. Um, I think practice videos, believe it or not, in, in this, I feel like in this economy, in this context, <laughs> like makes sense where you're sharing, you know, you doing something in real time. Like a good example of that would be like all state etudes or any district type of things, any standard rep solos. Um, I think establishing your expertise first and then being able to share how that affects the people that you work with. I love that. So kind of sliding right into the, you might not have as much experience in that specific realm. When it comes to emerging artists, I love that smooth transition. (laughs) When it comes to emerging artists and them having, you know, the, what they have so far in their career, as far as like branding and marketing is concerned, how do you think that could be best put on their social media and their websites? That, why is my English not okay today? (laughs) He's not like Mark Anthony. I like do. my English is not I'm very good looking. So sorry. <laughs> like, what is happening? <laughs> okay. So I don't know. I feel like this would be the part of like the TikTok video where it like zooms into my face. Um I don't know. I don't know how to like explain this. Okay, lovingly. I think it's and I'm a huge emerging artist advocate. We know this. I'm obsessed. I I think that this next generation is literally changing, currently changing the landscape of our industry without even being like fully employed. Like I'm huge, huge believer. Danny DeVito, <laughs> I love your work. Basically is my energy <laughs> with emerging artists. However, we're in this like territory that I've noticed in the last 18 months where I feel like we're back to this cycle of, and which was 10 years ago, me in school, where we feel like we have to explain our worth and we have to seem further ahead than we actually are in our journey. Mm-hmm. And I understand that social pressure. I understand like, especially when you have teenagers winning major orchestral jobs and you're like, okay, I need to like catch up to this. And it's like, but you don't because that life is also very different than the path that somebody else chose in a different capacity where it might be slightly more diversified than just being, in, not just being in an orchestra, but then only having that singular focus at the time. And I think that we're also in this trail of like pontification and just getting a little life coachy and get it, giving a lot of like, I don't know, you walk us through a day where you're 100% a student, as you are, a 
amazing and you're practicing and you're going to class and yes music curricula is insane it's not even healthy it's too much so yes i would argue that maybe even a day in the life of a student is more hectic than in the life of a professional however you're still in school and it's the assumption that you are a student and when you're giving advice on like we got this let's do this and like you can do it and i can do it and i don't know um organize your time and your schedule or you're just like giving career coaching advice on something that doesn't really add up i think it does more damage than not and i am saying this because i've been in private conversations with future employers that are like maybe this person's too busy or maybe they're too stressed with school and they can't take on this other opportunity mm-hmm. or they might we might we maybe we need to wait until they graduate because i really want to work with them but it might be like too much right now and i think that that's the risk when we're trying to inadvertently seem like we're professionals and we have it together but then we're also still in school that so is a hot take if i've ever heard i one. know it's a very hot take but yeah. like what i want to encourage instead though is like own where you're at like there's so many incredible emerging artists that i have worked with that i'm seeing that are in school full-time but then are, they're also freelancing and they're also gigging and we see that balance of them like playing their school orchestra concert but also taking a gig and, and going on a plane and practicing in an airport and like having just different types of conversations and it's not about the grind it's not about like work hard nobody cares like we totally care about how you're feeling your mental health and all of that but i think like if we could just take a little more ownership of where we are in our season of life and and actually just share about the things we're experimenting that just feels so fresh like because i as a professional that might be 10 years ahead of emerging artists like i want that new take like i want the person that knows what's trending in marketing i want to know the person who's fully immersed in the pop culture aspect of what's happening i want that person that can tell me exactly how to get my message across or what would be a much better way to do this thing because they're actually in school so i think emerging artists are the most valuable tool and asset that we have to further our industry but it's really hard to get to them with all of these other things that seem as though it's too much or they just I don't know, it's not the right time or, and I just, you know, I I feel like they're, they're not controlling their narrative well by trying to be something they're not. Yeah. And I think a day in the life is a great vibe for an emerging artist. I think a website always and forever will be a great vibe. And as you grow, have it expand with you, but don't feel the need to pretend. And that also is a double-edged sword because it's a lot of like dress for the job you want, not the job you have. And I get that energy, but I don't believe in like pretend you're something else so that, you know, it works out for you. I think Mm -hmm. that expertise and that experience is valuable. And there's just kind of being open to other things. I I still hate how having a day job is such a bad thing. It's not. It's fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. Like learn customer service skills, deal with crazy people, get, you know, meet new people, new people outside of your industry. Like it's been both hard and super helpful to learn at a much later age in my 30s how to have non-musical friends, how to have normal people friends where they just go to work and they go home and they hang out on the weekends and it's just like normal. And like, I wish I would have known that sooner um, because I may have been even a more balanced person. So don't shy away from that 
non-musical job. It's going to teach you so much. Just like if you learn in music school all these skills and then your future job is not in music. Those skills you learn in the practice room, those skills you learn in oral skills, sight singing, playing piano, all the things are going to serve you so well in a different career as well. I love that a lot. I think that's good. It's definitely a hot take and I don't want to be canceled, but I do think that... um, Yeah, it's important to just like share where you're at. And I think that sometimes within this big world of trends, it I have a a different take to that. Actually, Please disagree with me. I would love that. It's not disagreeing. It's more of like sometimes professors and other people who look into the trends. And if you're a person who's chronically online, it might not resonate with other people, the things that you're doing and the things that you're posting. So I do think that not so much of a hot take, but just there should be two places in where in one you're sharing like your private hey this like oh sucks (laughs) i hate it and in another one you're sharing like professionally this is what i'm doing this is super great da da da. and the people that are seeing both things are two different audiences so i think that not having a trash account and a real account but just like knowing what you're putting out in the internet and who's going to see that basically is what you want to consider and i sometimes think that arguably sometimes educators and other professionals in the in the music industry might not necessarily know of a specific trend that you're doing so sometimes steering away from that might be helpful sure um i think like having a close friends on your instagram is super helpful yes and like be mindful of who your close friends are because that's another thing because you also don't know who's gonna hire you and so it's just it just gets convoluted but i guess like my heart and my sentiment is like own who you are your worth is not determined by what you're doing or your career or where you think you should be in life. I think it's inherently there and that resonates so much more with people. And I'll speak for myself. Like, again, I'm in this trash season of life, but every time that I show up authentically, it is miraculous. Every time I don't, it's crickets. And that's just how it is. And I think it's a matter of like, are you comfortable sharing what that season of life looks like for you? And are you comfortable being open about the uncomfortableness or being open about where you are like maybe you haven't won that job and you you're you haven't advanced into that next round of the audition and you're like what is happening like I think owning that is so much better than like pretending you are advancing yeah I get that yeah anyway I'm gonna descend from my soapbox (laughs) I just care so much no I agree um so for this next part for educators as we move on say it's staying within the same realm of like education and you're part of an institution and all of that what do you think are the branding and marketing must-haves for educators yes i think that we can all lovingly agree that every university website sucks and it's so hard as parents and as prospective students to like find basic shit so like tell us where the audition materials are tell us when the audition dates are tell us about financial aid tell us about any special things your program is doing and i think that as educators it's so easy to forget especially in this like academia hamster wheel that we're in that your best recruiting tool is current students and alumni yeah Let's bring them out. Let's talk to them. Let's, they, they want to help. I just recently did an amazing residency at Missouri Western and there, we had a conversation about social media with students and with educators and the students were so proud of their program. They were so proud of going to school there. They were so excited about the future. They wanted to recruit more people to join their community and the faculty had no idea. Yeah. And then the faculty didn't know how much the students cared about like, hey, we'd love to update our website. We'd love to like update our socials. Can we have like a, you know, local department social media? Can we have a brass? Can we have this? Can we do that? And it was just like so beautiful. So I think like 
finding ways to collaborate with even within your own studio and ideally with your music program, um, I think it makes such a huge difference. And that looks like a part on your website that has all of this broken down and of course can redirect to the main website, but like find those trouble spots and then also save yourself a billion emails of like, where is this on the website? It's like, I'm yeah. basically getting all the FAQs out for you that are pertinent to my program. It's going to make your recruiting so much easier. And it's also going to save you time because you could just share that link to your website, get all that SEO and, and get the eyeballs on what you're doing. And sell your students before they even come that's another part of it i was going to say too because sometimes educators have the notion that you know i don't want to have 14 different accounts on instagram i barely know how to use it i don't want to have to manage all of these different things i don't want to have to post like i'm at capacity i have so many things so many more things on my plate as far as like just the university itself and my job is concerned so i think what would be your advice to those people as they delegate these tasks out to these different types of students yeah Definitely get a TA or get a super sharp student to help you in posting. I will say, though, that it's going to be valuable for you to learn how to do it anyway, just so you know. I also know that there's a lot of concern around making sure that the the voice of the school and the program and and your program is represented accurately. So Mm -hmm. making sure that you make the time to vet things. Um, I don't think there's a way around posting and engaging with social media if you're at capacity. But what I can say is those extra master classes and school things that you go do to try and recruit are going to be a non-issue if you post on social media. So you're actually going to save time. It's going to be hard in the beginning if you're at capacity, which I know most of you are. But if you do the social media thing, you're actually going to gain so much time back and mm-hmm. to the point where you don't have to worry about recruitment ever again. Like that is a thing. And we've done that in a few programs and it works. Yeah, for sure. Building that hype around that and just students sharing things is so valuable too, of just like on their stories, on whatever, like kids want to do that, especially if they're featured in things. One of the things that I learned within education as it relates to like marketing and getting kids to come to a specific school is just posting the actual kids. Everybody gets so excited because they're a part of this like branded institution that is now posting a picture of them or a video or whatever it is. And just in the world of kids and social media, that's currency. So they like being posted on those sites to then be able to share different things which is awesome Mm -hmm. yeah i agree there's definitely so much um community and connection that the educator can do and i promise that it's going to save you time in the future um to not feel like this is a waste of time like this is incredibly valuable especially since we're living in a more digital world parents are also wanting to see more stuff um and there's just a different type of involvement um that i think in the end it's going to take you time and it's not going to take forever we've done this with a few programs already in kca and i would say 15 to 18 months and you're set for life yeah one thousand percent so shifted that shifting the focus a little bit into more of like chamber groups what do you think are their must-haves for branding and marketing (laughs) yes i think that chamber groups are very much more community centric than anything else. I think it's really helpful um, to be able to create a like a fan base, really. Um, and we see this in pop culture a lot. We see this um, even in like rock star classical groups. Like people want to wear merch. People want to like do Zoom hangs. Like these are very popular Patreon moments um, for groups that are really engaged in the community. And I think that that happens by knowing your target market. Um, I do believe that music is for everybody. It's the universal language, but like (laughs) your stuff is not for everybody. So I think like really honing in on what that looks like. And that could be literally offering to do Zoom hangs. It could be sharing about your tours, making sure that you make the time to engage with those local communities if you're there in person. 
And if you're not, I think finding ways to connect with that audience, whether it be each member does a takeover on the group's Instagram for a day, or we get to like be invested in the lives of the people that make the group. I find that that's always really successful. So 10 years ago when I worked with Genghis Barbie, the all female, they have this amazing bio, like post post feminist, uh, horn quartet. Um, everybody was so invested in the lives of all these ladies. Um, one of them plays horn in Seattle. Two of them play in the New York Phil. One was a top freelancer or is a top freelancer in New York. Um, that was so cool. And then Mm -hmm. they would get together and play covers. And one of them, Danielle sings and they had a Christmas album and they had like all this really cool merch and all these great arrangements. And it was just like wherever they were, you'd want to be and whatever they did, you wanted to know. And it was just like, I don't know, just so cool. And of course they were excellent musicians and and everything sounded great. But even if they didn't, they would have an amazing fandom because Mm -hmm. you just wanted to be their friend. And I think that anybody could achieve that if it's something you want. Um, And I think through social media, through a website and through creating that sense of community, um, that's a great way to just implement that. Yeah. And I like that you brought that up because I feel like it's very powerful and something that you talk about a lot, which is that your individual brands need to be strong in order to create a like strong collective brand if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so i just yeah i don't know and i do want to know about people's lives because people are nosy i'm nosy you're nosy yes we're lurkers we want to know (laughs) tell us (laughs) yeah what are you working on are you commissioning people are you planning to travel did you get a new instrument? Tell us about it. Are, is there yeah. an endorsement? Are you like, what are you, what are you doing for the holidays? Like that sounds so cool. Like right now, a lot of people as of the last few years, especially with COVID um, create like holiday music videos at home. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of comedy. There's a lot of levity to it. And I think that especially in the classical space, like we need that. We need yeah. to calm the fuck down about what we're playing and how we're doing it and just like make it accessible. Again, you're not for everybody, but for whoever your audience is, like, I don't know, that sense of community, I think, is really at the forefront for a chamber group. Yeah. So what would what advice would you give to somebody in a chamber group that is, it could be either newly established or already established that wants to book gigs? What do you think are the must-haves for branding and marketing? That's like a whole episode, Jen. Well, <laughs> Why do you do this? <laughs> Sorry. Um, to answer your question, though, I'm being you. Um, get organized literally the only thing get organized um let's make a spreadsheet of where we want to go who are our contacts i always encourage having three different types of booking uh lead sheets one like a hot lead someone that i could call tomorrow and go play at their school at their series at their church whatever medium leads that you might know one degree of separation you saw them this year you're ig friends you know that kind of vibe and then cold leads either these are reach things that you want to do at some point or these are things that you need to nurture and continue to layer um, and then start working your way from your hot leads that you know are going to work to medium to cold and at that point you'll build a lot of confidence you'll feel good you'll have some forward momentum instead of approaching it how most people do where they start with their cold leads and then they're discouraged because it's like email 20 and it's like crickets and they're like what's wrong with me and it's like it's not you it's the lead generating aspect that you yeah. created so like let's start with those hot leads um, and I promise, I swear, I feel like so dramatic. Um, Every single chamber, series, church, school, anybody that's going to bring you in that is either at a high level in a medium or cold lead pile, they're checking out your social media. They're looking at your website. The first question is, will this person or this group bring butts and seats? Will this generate buzz? Will this make me look good? Will this help my tenure portfolio? Is this a group that we have a budget for? 
all of that. So if you can immediately control what you can, which is having great photos, great website, great social media, great videos of you playing, your group playing, that kind of thing, it's going to be so much easier for that maybe to turn into a yes. And you only need a couple of these big spaces to like say yes to build that forward momentum. We know lots of groups that are not that great that are playing everywhere. And I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. Okay, so in this last part, um, of these must-haves are, of course, because we can't leave without saying this, nonprofits. So what do you think are yes. the must-haves for branding and marketing as it relates to nonprofits? Yeah, I think that depending on the stage of nonprofit that you're in, whether you're young or, or old, I think we like forget that reminding us of your mission is so important. I have yet to meet an ensemble, whether it's a younger one, a 25-year one, or a well-established one like the Boston Symphony that does not need more money. Everybody needs more money. Everybody needs more support. Everybody needs, you know, everything. So I think like, don't sit on your laurels of like, we have a board or like, we figured it out or this is our annual budget, unless you don't want to grow, which is also fine. But I think most nonprofits want to grow and kind of expand their reach and their impact. So I think like getting comfortable with sharing over and over and over what your mission is, that could be on social media through videos. Can you imagine how impactful it would be if we could see who these board members are? Like, yeah. who are these people sitting on this board of this chamber ensemble that's been here for 25 years and it's a staple of the Chicago scene? Truly. Who do we ask? Who are these people? The thing about it too is that I have and like I have seen videos of specific, you know, directors, founders, whatever it is, and the passion that is in their voice when they talk about their creation of it, how long it's been standing, how much they appreciate their donors, how much they care and believe in their musicians is insane. And you're mm-hmm. just like, oh my God, take all my money. <laughs> yes. The money that I don't have in this economy, just take it. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the part where I'm just like, yes, I have seen it and it's incredible. So if mm-hmm. everybody else did that, that would just be cherry on top it's so much easier to ask for money when people know what you're talking about yeah. and that's the foundation of fundraising which will be a conversation for another day but it's just like just tell us tell us what you're doing Let, let's get your board members out there let's get your founders your executive directors your artistic directors like show us your face what do you look like what, what are you passionate about and you're going to find that all of these people are also multi-dimensional they have all these different things that they also do. Some of them are amateur musicians. Some of them are not musicians at all, but are really passionate about the art and the craft. So it's like, how much can you show us more? Give us more is the first thing to answer your question. Um, And then I think just clarity on our website. Like there should be at least five or six donate buttons all over your website. Please let us give you your money. Like take it. And that's often hard. Make sure it works too, the donate button. Yes, make sure the donate button works. Also, I think when people think of donations, they think of like philanthropy and they think of like Selena Gomez, like donating $250,000 to whatever organization it is, a nonprofit of your choice. Like that's not the energy. It could also be increments of like $5, $10, $25, 50, 100, 1,000, a million, whatever you want it to be. But I think even the smallest donation makes a difference. And I think that when nonprofits don't make that clear, sometimes it could feel like, like the language of it can be fa- feel very like overwhelming of like, yes, no, thank you. I don't have that much money, but I love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And I would say like, that's a good reminder, even like forward facing through marketing and also email marketing is don't just go after the big donations. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, a thousand dollars is such a big impact on a small nonprofit versus, you know, a major orchestra. Sure. But 
these smaller donations actually add up to more than that if you could just nurture and get to know that community and that audience. And it's not just even that one-time gift, it's that repeat gift. A lot of places now on their websites also have for recurring payments. So yeah, I know all of us in, at some point or another would feel comfortable even donating five bucks a month. Like those commercials, a dollar a day. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> For 30 cents today, yeah. <laughs> you too could make a difference. Yes. yes. Save the whales, the bull whales, all the things. So like same energy for nonprofits. And, but, but we don't have to make it like sad. Like the, well, for sure. The dog ASPCA. energy. Yeah, no. yeah. No, no. Like it could be happy and like joyful and like help us and, and tell us where the money's going. That's another thing. Yes. Like some musical chamber groups will fundraise for like a event or a show or a concert and then it's not clear that they either reach their goal or that they're using the funds for that or what that is it's none of our business what the funds are being used for that's not the point but it's more of like help us celebrate with you help us be a part mm -hmm. of that win and if we missed it by a little bit sure we missed it by a little bit but let's keep trying and then people want to rally they yeah. want to be a part of a winning team and if they can't do it they're going to find the people that can so like don't be afraid to ask and to just show us what it is that you're doing because everybody wants to support you yeah that's such a great note to leave it off on. <laughs> I love this. Yes. So, yeah, wrapping it up. How that's do you a lot. feel? That was really intense. I'm sorry, everybody. It's okay. I said fun. <laughs> I lied once again. But anyways, how do you feel about wrapping it up here? Yeah, no, like I think it's great. I think, yeah, we did a lot of it. It's a lot. Of, how long is this? Like two hours? Um, <laughs> I think like in our brand audit energy, as we're parting our series, which I'm very sad about because I love a good series, um, I think just check in with yourself don't put pressure. It doesn't have to be done by January 1st. In fact, whatever we're launching and doing is not going to happen by that at all. Um, cause we're not there yet. Trash. We're trash, <laughs> but it's <laughs> happening soon. Um, so give yourself like quarter one energy to kind of fix and tweak things. If you think it's appropriate, um, get clear on like, if you don't have photos that you like budget, we talk about that personal development fund. We have amazing financial trackers in our Patreon that you can download for free when you join. Like, start budgeting, start figuring out how you can add even just 20, 30 bucks a month off to a personal development fund that eventually will fund a photo shoot. Um, if you're not comfortable with your social media, like Google it, check out tutorials, go on TikTok. There's a lot of stuff there. If you want to pay for a course, we have a bunch, like go and figure out like what's going to be the way that you feel most empowered. Cause I can tell you in my season of like trenches and trash, like I'm constantly finding, thank you, my hair is falling, um, ways for inspiration. How can I get unstuck is like the daily conversation that I have in my brain and like, which will be coming soon as well too, but yes. continue. So it's just like, how can I move forward in some of these areas? And I think just not putting any pressure because it's not fun. You, you can't like will things into existence. We need to hold them loosely and, and just, just kind of go with the flow a little bit and, and gather some more data, figure out what makes sense and ask people, ask for help. Mm -hmm. Like if somebody has a great brand, just ask them for some pointers on yours. Look at other brands, see how you can emulate them, how it feels good. Um, and I think we have to approach it from like a loving space and less judgmental because then you can't do anything. And that's where like our meetings end up me in tears when I'm just like a judgy bitch to myself. Like, don't do that. <laughs> Be kind. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And I think that my main takeaway from this three part series is that you already have everything that you need to showcase whatever it is that you're doing. Like you don't have to become anything. You already mm -hmm. are what you are. And that is fantastic. And you have, I always mess up the quote, but like you have so much to give and nothing to prove. 
So much to share, nothing to prove. So much to share, nothing to prove. So I think that just <laughs> taking it as it is and documenting and sharing, like, I know that there's so many people that I want to know more about that I, yeah. like, want to get to know and, like, want to connect on that internet bestie level that I think if you just continue to do that, your people will come, which is nice. Yeah, I love that. It's so wholesome. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, let's go find our internet besties. Love it. Yay. Well, thanks for listening. If you have questions, thoughts, of course, please feel free to reach out. Um, if you want us to expand on anything that we already talked about for like a thousand years, <laughs> please do. Um, go to our website, musiciansguidepodcast.com and go to the listener write-in section. Please ask me to talk more about the subject. I would love to um, or anything else. I'm just kidding. Um, and yeah, join us on the Patreon. We hang out. We do a lot of things. Um, lots of Theo and Reina cameos in there. Um, and yeah, thanks, Jen, for helping us structure a series. Yes. Thank you for listening.